Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. Welcome to Beer Nuts, episode 173. Tonight's episode is going to be on sour beers that time of year. It's been a while since we've done a sour episode. So uh, tonight we have three beer nuts, including uh, a new beer nut making the debut. So I'd like to welcome Megan to the show. Welcome, Megan. Megan is a certified Cicerone, and I can tell you certainly that she is not a pretentious beer snob. She just likes good beer, just like we do. So welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So Megan does not have an untapped account um, for various reasons, but She's going to tell us about the last beer she drank. Would you like me to get into it now? Yeah, well, the last beer you had, not not the one we're doing tonight. Okay, so in uh, just a little background, I know John because he and I worked together, but in my previous life, I worked for Alaskan Brewing Company uh, for seven years, and it is a brewery near and dear to my heart. So I was actually drinking their Silver Pale, which is an, they call it an international pale ale, 45 IBUs, 5.2% alcohol. It, it's a little bit more hoppy than I was expecting, uh, but it was pretty tasty. Went down nicely. Um, I should also point out that I'm not your typical certified Cicerone. I tend to err on the side of inappropriateness, a.k.a. I'm like the porn-esque version of a Cicerone, I guess you could say. Um, but now I'm excited to be part of the group. Good well, to have you. Excited to have you here. So, especially tonight when we're uh, on a short crew, we had a couple last-minute cancellations. Uh, our thoughts are with Doug out. His dog had some major surgery, and uh, he's home helping his dog recover. And uh, so we give him our best wishes. And now let's go back to Michigan. I forgot to add that Megan is in the great state of Wisconsin, where everybody drinks like fish. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly why I don't have an untapped profile. Because I looked like a raging alcoholic after a month. All right. Well, the rest of us do, too, but we just don't care. That's right. <laughs> so it's too bad Dugout's not here because he went to college in Wisconsin. I believe UW Superior. Does that sound right? Uh, probably UW Stout is going to be closest to that area, but I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait till he's back. So anyway, uh, welcome Greg from Dearborn, Michigan. Good evening, everybody. Yes, glad to be here. Uh, my last I'm checked in. Uh, I'm going to go with the Equilibrium Brewing Fractal Lab uh, Citra with a 
Hop X, which is, I guess, is an experimental New Zealand hop blend. But uh, it was very good, hazy IPA, uh, easy drinking, 6.8%. And after a long day of work, man, it hit the spot. So it was delicious. Sounds like it. And JR here in Vail, Arizona, just outside of Tucson. Actually, Corona de Tucson is my exact neighborhood, but it's not a very popular name these days. So I'll go with Vail. Uh, anyway, my last untapped check-in uh, was a barrel-aged, not really a barley wine from Tombstone Brewing Company in Tombstone, Arizona. It was uh, the not really a barley wine beer that they produce, aged in a Reposado tequila barrel. Very complex and very enjoyable, smooth as silk. So let's get into the sour, as I'm the only one with two beers, so I'm going to take the opportunity to go to first. But as we always do, we like to welcome all our listeners to please crack open a beer. Whatever you enjoy is fine with us. If you're not into sours, that's fine. Open up a Coors Light if you wish. Open up a uh, Barrel Age, Saison, anything that you want is fine with us. We are not pretentious beer snobs. We just want to introduce more good people to more good beer. So I'll drink to that. And I hope you will too. So tonight's episode or... Today's episode, if you're listening during the day, is Sours. So I'm going to introduce my first beer. It is the uh, going to be very difficult for me to pronounce because I believe it's probably a French pronunciation. Les Soul, 27 in Roman numerals. It's an American wild ale, wild ale fermented with pear and pomegranate, 6.5% ABV. And it's by Uni Ane. Brewing in Niles, Illinois. Pretty cool looking can here. Just says sour all over it. And then it has like a circle with like a one with a half of the bottom of the one. I will post this on Instagram. You can take a look at it. It's a 16 ounce can. I've already uh, started drinking this and I'm already puckered up because it's tart. So this pours a uh, look like an amber orange. It's a you can see through it, but uh, very, very little. It's cloudy enough that you really can't see my finger on the other side of the glass, so I take that back. But it's very nice. It's actually like a light orange flavor, um, orange to amber, golden amber. Um, definitely can tell it's a sour on the uh, nose, but I'm definitely getting some uh, some fruit. I don't know if I'd identify it as either pear or pomegranate. It almost tastes, uh, smells more like peach. But uh, definitely you get that stone fruit and you can get that uh, vinegary sour uh, on the aroma. I can tell that all right away. So I'm going to take a sip now. Oh, and it does uh, also very nice uh, snow white head on it um, that is not dissipating completely. It's got a thin layer across the whole top. Um, nice carbonation level on this thing. So let's take a sip. So again, it's got that fruity taste at the beginning. And then uh, as time goes by, you get that almost sour, tart vinegar um, sensation takes over that, you know, good sours are known for. Another sip here. Yeah, very, very pleasant uh, at the beginning with the stone fruit. Um, I can't really detect pear or pomegranate. I think the two flavors meld together to have a unique flavor, which is probably a compliment to the brewer. But then again, at the very end, it really, it really puckers up. And it's uh, on the scale of tartness scale. This is probably a, an eight or nine out of 10. It's really tart. So this, this is a style, not in my wheelhouse, but I always preach to everybody to keep an open mind. And 
I can remember five years ago when I first got into sours, somebody popped open a, a coveted Cantillon Rose de Gambrinus, Rose de Gambrinus, which is a, a very uh, high-end coveted sour, and I couldn't stand it. So everybody else uh, was thoroughly happy that one less drinker to, to kill that bottle. Um, but I've come a long way, and it's because I've tried them. You try these uh, over and over, and you start to develop a palate for them and an appreciation for them. This is probably something that uh, will be a challenge for me to get through 16 ounces of. Um, but it's it's enjoyable. It's a perfect beer for the hot climate of the summer, especially here in Arizona. And uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but uh, again, um, it's it's really, really tart. So I think the best way to overcome the tartness is as soon as uh, it starts to get tart on the finish, I'll just take another sip until I finish this thing because I'm really thirsty. Mm-hmm. Has anyone have either had this beer or anything else from this brewery? I think Greg, uh, you think may have. Yeah, oh, I, I've had some uh, some good stuff. From my, I, nothing that I can recall offhand, um, uh, but I've definitely seen them here in the stores. And uh, um, maybe maybe it was the raspberry one I had. It was really really good. Uh, the framboise, I, I think that's a or framboise and. Uh, they do some really good stuff and, uh, you know, uh, very impressive and definitely would uh, check them out more often now. So uh, you gave them a pretty high, high remark there. So I would definitely, uh, look, look for more around here for sure. Good deal. Now I may, add, may tap into your knowledge, Megan, um, wild ales versus, uh, just a sour. There are kettle sours and there are wild ales. Wild ales are open fermented with wild yeast. From the wild, whereas kettle sours are produced differently. Any any insight you can provide to us, or is it a long time ago that you studied sours? Well, I I will say, Mama does love me some sours. It has been a while since I really studied it. What's interesting about the wild ales, though, is that you do get this really interesting uh, fluidity. I'm using a very fancy word in terms of a flavor profile, um, because depending on what's literally out in you know, the brewery during the time of open fermentation, you can get a lot of different flavor profiles. Um, So although, you know, bottle or kettle fermentation from a sour perspective is great for maintaining consistency, I really love the notion of wild ales because you can get such a really cool differentiation from one brewing cycle to the next. Absolutely. And one of my favorite breweries that Brews Wild Ale's open fermentation is Speciation in Michigan. So mm-hmm. shout out to Mitch Mitch over at Speciation. It's always been one of my all-time favorite uh, breweries for open fermented wild ales. All right. Well, that's enough for me. Uh, I, with each sip of this, I'm getting a little bit more accustomed to it and maybe less uh, intimidated by the tartness. I'm adjusting to it. So I'm going to power through this thing and uh, turn it over to Megan. All right. So um, I will say in Wisconsin, we do have a lovely brewery by the name of uh, Nuclearis Brewing Company that is really well known for their sour portfolio. Unfortunately, uh, due to COVID, I was unable to find any of their current sour portfolio, which makes me really sad because they make some tremendous stuff. So I am drinking right now uh, Funk Factory Guzeria's Mirts. It is a Fooder fermented sour beer aged with cranberries. Cranberries, we are pretty well known in the state of Wisconsin from a production standpoint. Uh, Ocean Spray has a lot of 
uh, acreage in northern Wisconsin for their cranberry bog. So you can typically find any beer based in Wisconsin has some sort of cranberry notion to it. This Gooseria is actually about 10 miles from my house, which is pretty fantastic. Um, they are known for producing lambics. And I was really excited for this beer when I tried it or when I bought it off uh, a wonderful chain called Woodman's. They basically have every single thing you could possibly ask for. So I have a 750 ml. Um, the name brand of it is is called Meerts, M-E-E-R-T-S. I can pretty much guarantee you, you won't be able to find it outside of Wisconsin, but that's okay. So with the first pour I got, I got a wonderful pink hue to it, and it had a really, like, thick, opaque, white head. Um, and as soon as I took a sip, it pretty well dissipated. And I will tell you, it, it is tart. Uh, my favorite thing about a really good sour is when you can get it in, like, the back of your jaw, and it makes you kind of just pucker all the way from your ear to the front of your lips. And this beer absolutely does this. Um, what's interesting is that you don't get a lot of cranberry notes from it, but it does have a beautiful pink hue to it, which I really, really like at four and a half percent alcohol. It's not overwhelming at all. Um, which given that lower ABV, putting it at a 750 ml bottle, it's not too crazy, at least from Wisconsin terms. But when you take a sip, you get this beautiful effervescence on your tongue. You get cute, tiny bubbles like you would find in champagne and they really, really linger. And you just get this really pleasant, bright effervescent. And then when you swallow in the finish, you get this little tingle in the back of your tongue that just makes you want to have more. Um, with that being said, though, as soon as you take that first sip, the head kind of goes away, which makes me a little sad because I always like to have a little bit of, I don't want to say foamy goodness, but just a little bit of textural aspect from it. Um, but it's very fruity. It's very, very cloudy. Um, but the flavor on it is just fantastic. And I will admit, I do have my man friend here with me, and he's more of a bourbon guy, and he did try it. And he was actually, he said, he said to me, he's like, wow, I kind of like this, which is pretty exciting. So from a sour perspective, it's not overwhelming. Um, there's a couple of key sours out in the world besides like Cantillon um, and Duchess. I put lawfully in that same mindset where it can be too sour that people automatically get turned off by it. And in this instance, I think this is a very welcoming sour. It's a really great entry for non-craft beer drinkers to get into it. I would almost put it into like a rosé category from a wine perspective, uh, but I, I really, really like it. It's really refreshing. It's 89 degrees in Wisconsin right now, and we have about 90% humidity, so it's perfect for this weather. Um, if I was going to pair it with any food, I would do it with a salad with any kind of like fruity vinaigrette goat cheese or even just a very basic um, cheesecake because those crisp tiny bubbles are going to cut through the fattiness of it and it would just be a really lovely compliment to the dessert overall. <laughs> Great That's <review>. pretty good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> cheesecake any day. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you want me to talk about it in like more like basic terms? No, that's perfect. Well, that's that, that was a great review. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I will it's, tell you this. It's real tasty. No, you know what? Uh, what I liked about it is you said you described how it's uh, it's a, a good kind of like a starter sour that like is, you know, it's not one of those ones that will scare people away. 
that's how I feel about a lot of the speciation sours. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's really important for craft beer enthusiasts, whether you're a kindergartner or like a master's degree, if you want to look at it from a school school perspective, is to be able to keep trying stuff. Like, I don't want to throw somebody into like a duchess scenario and be like, oh, try this sour. You're going to love it because they're going to hate it. And then they're going to be totally turned off from the category as a whole. Nope. You got to keep trying things. And when you do, you'll eventually, if you try stuff in every, almost every beer style, even if you don't prefer that style, there's going to be something within that style that you'll find that you enjoy. You just got to, it's just, that's part of the hunt. The discovery process. That's what makes it fun to be a beer nut, right? I just wish it was a little less expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for that review. Greg, I think you're up next. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Great review, Megan. Glad to have you on the team. So um, my beer tonight, my sour beer, is from the uh, Rare Barrel out of Berkeley, California. I was uh, fortunate enough to pick this up on Tavor. Uh, the beer app, um, and uh, comes in at uh, 12.7 fluid ounces and 7.8% alcohol by volume. Uh, this is ensorcelled. I believe this is how the name is pronounced. It's a dark sour beer aged in oak barrels with raspberry, and this is their uh, 2020 edition. Edition. So uh, a little description on it. it says uh, it's a dark sour beer aged in oak barrels with raspberries fermented with a mixture of microorganisms. This sour showcases notes of decadent chocolate mousse and rich raspberry jam. I mean, that description, if that doesn't sell it to you, I don't know what will. So, pours uh, in my glass here, dark as can be. I had to use my cell phone light because it's a little, little getting a little dark here in Michigan right now. But uh, uh, she is a, uh, a rich, like, mahogany with a reddish hue, um, almost like a murky cola. Uh, if you can imagine that, but absolutely gorgeous, tiny little bubbles, uh, you know, cascading up from the bottom and just, a, a really, really beautiful looking beer. Um, first smell. Uh, wow. Okay. So lots of rich raspberry, you know, jammy raspberry, um, you get a little bit of that, that, that wild yeast funkiness to it. Just, Oh, wow. It's really, really good. I, I was first introduced to Rear Barrel uh, last year at uh, Holmes Nucleate Festival. They were um, they were one of the participants, participants rather. So, fortunately, this year's festival was canceled due to our lovely COVID nineteen. But hopefully, next year we'll be back. But this is uh, this beer looks delicious. Let's see what she tastes like. Mm. Oh my goodness. Rich raspberry again. I'm, I'm definitely getting that chocolatey mousse character. I mean, it's just, it's right there at the top of my mouth. Just, And then you get all that funky wildness to it. Uh, it Bread of myces is added in here, but um, just, uh, it's really, really delicious. It's, it's got some great tartness to it. I will give it that. It was, uh, it's making me thirsty for more. Um Really, really, really delicious beer. Um, I, you know, for for getting it off the vor, I, I'm certainly impressed. I mean, this is really good. Um, boy, they certainly d- don't uh, disappoint with their beer selections, and this is a, a fantastic 
fantastic beer from Rare Barrel. Mm. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's a tough follow to follow Megan with her description on hers, so I'll throw it back to you guys. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is good. This is good. The, the, you know, we, the, uh, we certainly have uh, uh, certain things to work out, I guess, you know, more description, better descriptions. I mean, if you want to, I can, you know, go back to my description and put it in, like, oh. porn terms. No, no, you're good. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going, please. No apologies necessary. Not so whatsoever. But, yeah, this was this is really good. For, a, you know, someone that's not super into sours, this is one I would definitely seek out more often. You know, it does that rich raspberry chocolate. That's that just that that's amazing. a great, great combination. Awesome. That does sound great. ChristopherMedia.net. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ChristopherMedia.net So... Oh, I guess we're really on a skeleton crew tonight. I was hoping to have Z Beer Man give us our industry news. So maybe we can just go around to each of us. Any industry news you might have off the top of your head, okay? Uh, from me here in Arizona, um, the governor a couple days ago, I think it was Monday. Uh, this is Wednesday, and by the time you have this episode, it'll be about a week later. Governor has closed all bars here. Mm-hmm. So we're back to uh, Zoom happy hours, I guess. Which isn't such a bad thing, but it certainly was nice to be able to go out. Um, and I didn't really go to, to crowded bars or anything. I did have one dining experience out at uh, at a Red Lobster, but hey, you know that was like going to a five star restaurant after being cooped up all that time. But unfortunately, the dreaded COVID continues to wreak havoc with um, the on premise world of, of of beer and craft beer and. And and food for that matter. So unfortunately, uh, a lot of states are following this. Um, um, I did see a lot of uh, the craft breweries, you know, continuing to offer uh, uh, delivery in some cases. Unfortunately, where I live, I'm too far from a metropolitan area, about 20 miles south of Tucson. Uh, so I got to go pick mine up. But I can place an online order with several of my favorite breweries. I just went to Tombstone on Saturday or Sunday, and picked up uh, a lot of great beers, including that uh, barrel-aged beer I described at the beginning of the show. So, you know, all I can say is uh, we're back to square one. Um, we've got to deal with it. Um, but there's still great, still an opportunity to support your local breweries by, uh, you know, placing an online order and getting a curbside pickup or a to-go order. So please try and take care of your local independent brewers. They, they need you right now. Anybody else have anything to add? Well, in Wisconsin, um, it's a little different. Our liquor laws will not let breweries that distribute through a distributor to uh, deliver. So if you want to get your favorite brew, you actually physically have to go there, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, Unfortunately, we have seen a significant spike in cases in Wisconsin. So literally just this morning, um, I live in the Madison area, which is also the state capital. And in our area, they have closed down all, I shouldn't say closed, they have significantly uh, pared back the on-premise uh, capability. So 
bars, you can only have 25% capacity, maintaining six feet of social distancing. Um, you cannot do any dining or uh, drinking except in the outdoors, um, which obviously, you know, it, it makes for an interesting time, especially in this weather. Um, but, you know, in the positive side of things, a lot of people are drinking. So for us in the alcohol distribution world, it makes for a pretty happy place, especially going into the 4th of July. Um, unfortunately, COVID is kind of our new normal and we just kind of got to get used to it, which sucks. I also need to step up my mask game. I've been recycling the same one for a while and, you know, I'm a girl, you got to maintain style a little bit. So, <laughs> well, you know, a lot of, uh, Arizona has been in the news for a lot of cases. Um, yes, most of them are in the Phoenix area. Uh, we've been impacted in the Tucson area, but fortunately I'm a little bit out away from the main, the main scene. So kind of keeping my social distancing from any population centers is the best thing we can do. Greg, any comments from, uh, the Mitten State? Just like you guys, uh, Michigan just shut down bars again today, um, I think it's it, you know it doesn't include those that um, you know uh, have food service as well. But I think it's primarily you know alcohol is their source. Um, I think outdoor you know seating is still you know allowed at some of these places. And yeah, I mean it's it's the new normal, isn't it? Um, you know, just yeah, you got to deal with it everywhere you go. You got to wear your mask. You got to wash your hands. You got to do all that stuff. But at least, uh, you know, we can still pick up some great beer from uh, our local stores or breweries. And um, just, yeah, we, we certainly hope that uh, everybody can start, uh, you know, wearing their masks and wash your hands and social distance, all that good stuff. Everything, everything helps, right? So let's keep it going. You know, we're, we're especially like Megan said, this weather right here, this is the time where we would really like to be out there and, and join bars and, and having a good old time but it's obviously not going to be the case so it's a sad thing so all righty i thought i saw michael fry pop in maybe we're going to get lucky there's michael can you unmute michael he's just muted yeah i can i was not trying to make background noise yes oh oh well, welcome we're so glad you can join us we have a small <laughs> crew tonight so okay you, um, Listeners might remember Michael from our mead episode. He is the mead maker at the meeting room in Sonoida, Arizona, one of my favorite spots. Um, I, I what actually might as well ask you since we we're going through the news, what is the impact on the meadery? Do you have to close the tasting room? Can you still drink outside? What is the situation for you? Yeah, so we're kind of uh, we're so where we're located is in air quote wine country in Arizona. And so we're in a different situation. So Arizona has different, much like other states, different types of licenses where type six, type seven are kind of the bars and so forth. So as a winery, we're a type 13, we're outdoors, it's open. And so as long as we have food, so there's this little caveat, you got to have food available for customers. You got to kind of push the food. Uh, they're able to still come in and do tastings. Now it's up to us to determine if we're going to do you know, bottle online sales for pickup or if we could do tastings and so forth. So again, it's up to each individual winery and or brewery that's out here what they want to do. And so we've opted to, we're doing a flight. So we're a little different. Uh, there's two two models. There's like the brewery model 
And then the winery model, we're kind of a hybrid of both where we can do, we have meads on tap and so forth. So we can do flights and uh, people come in and pick their selection. And then they'll have to come in with a mask. Once they get their flight, they go outside and enjoy. Awesome. So you're still open. That's great news to hear. (laughs) Now I know where I can go have have a a little escape. All right. So uh, we all each got done a sour. Do you have one to enjoy with us, Mike? I did. So mine's from uh, Mantra, which is uh, out of Nashville. I don't know if a lot of people know about it. Uh, They've done a couple, and this one's uh, Cassis, which was a uh, Flanders Red. So it's a Flanders Red Sour. Uh, it's aged for about a year in an oak barrel. It has black currants and tart cherries, and uh, it's, it's pretty delicious. The, the the obviously they'll do it every year. So the year I have is 2017. So for me, I kind of like to age my sours, even though they've already aged. I just kind of like to keep them, and and uh, I don't know. I think they just get better over time. That's just me. So cheers. <laughs> but it, it is delicious. Definitely good. It's it's. Uh, I love Flanders Red. Uh, I myself have made a, a couple of them uh, and, and did pretty well in competitions, but it's, uh, I, I love it. It's just uh, maybe, I won't say the original sour, but it's one of those. It's definitely uh, old school sours versus more the modern American wild ales. <laughs> and you just describe the taste a little bit? Yeah, sure. So you, you definitely get the <clears throat> the tart cherries. Um, it's, it's very... Um, so with sours, well, my kind of rule of thumb is the three sip rule, which probably a lot of you guys have as well and gals. Uh, it's where the first sip is like, wow, this is very sour. Then the second one, you kind of, you know, get into it. And by the third one, it's really kind of uh, hit its mark. So for those that have never had sours and wanted to try them, I definitely would recommend that they try for three sips because the first one's going to be the shocker. <laughs> the second one, you've kind of, you know, got that taste already. And by the third, it's pretty good. But this one's uh, black currants. So for those that have had uh, black currants, are really kind of uh, tart and acidic. Same with the tart cherries, very tart and acidic. And it's not like a sweet tart. It's kind of a, more of a mellow um, sourness that uh, you can get the oak character out of it, which is uh, some vanilla notes and so forth. Awesome. Sounds pretty good. I've had a Flanders aged in bourbon barrels before that I really enjoyed. There you go. So... All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, I am proud to say I finished my entire 16-ounce of my pomegranate pear sour from Lasool, I guess it's called, Lasool 27. So I guess this is kind of going to be the finale of the night for this show. But uh, So I've got here, I'll show you guys on the cameras uh, that are listening, or uh, not that are listening, that are recording. This is a P-Frame barrel-aged Oud Creek. Oud Creek is a cherries. So it says on the back, adding fresh Mosier cherries to our barrel-aged Lambic-inspired ale. It's thrilling, but 10 months later, flavors of cherry pie and the dry tangy finish are even more satisfying. This is a 2019 vintage barrel-aged cherry ales. Let's open it up. It's in a corked cage. It looks like about a 16.9-ounce bottle. Um, Nope, 12.7 fluid ounces. Very thick bottle. It says it served between 45 and 50. Probably perfect because it's been sitting here since about the last hour after being refrigerated. Perfect temperature. So let's pop the cork on this bad boy. John, you're going to have a good night after this one. There we go. There's like champagne pop there. <laughs> so Pete 
Supreme is uh, I'm looking on here. Um, I think they're from the Pacific Northwest. I know I get their beers all the time up there. I'll have to look that up. I thought it would be on here. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Freem. Just, P. Just, Freem, right? Oh, just no P? Okay. Just, yeah, P, the P is silent, so Freem. <clears throat> oh, Freem. Sorry, P. Freem. It's Freem. But look at that appearance. Woo. Very nice. Beautiful. Uh, deep strawberry red, just a real nice ruby red color. Um, just looks just like, uh, you know, cherry. A cherry Jolly Rancher. And a really present, as you would guess from that pop of the cork. There's a, when I put up my nose up to detect the aroma, I'm getting, a, you know, carbonation splashes. So very lively. Uh, lots of tiny bubbles coming up here, just like almost like a champagne. Definitely getting that sour, funky uh, aroma. Let's take a taste. I'm going to do that three-tasting rule. That's three-sip rule that Michael <laughs> represents. That's uh, just my recommendation. I needed to do that on the first one because it took me about three sips to just the start. <laughs> Michael, I like the way you think. I call it my hot tub rule. This, this one is not nearly as tart as the other. It's a much easier drinker. I probably should have done this in reverse order. There is tartness, but compared to the last one I had, nowhere near that level. So I said about an eight, eight to nine out of ten on the first one. This is probably like a four to five. Um, light effervescent. Um, it's uh, you know the mouth feels light, and the bubbles are tingling my tongue. Um, you definitely get the the tart cherry, almost like a Belgian cherry taste. Delightful fruit flavor and really not much difference from the beginning to the end. Whereas the other sour I had started out with stone fruit and ended up with vinegar. Mm. This one just much more consistent. I am oh, kind of looking good. for some influence from the barrel. I'm not really getting any bourbon or barrel. This isn't. This is only five point six percent. So um, it's a much easier drinker than the other one. I could uh, definitely uh, enjoy this uh, with a meal. I can see having this with a with some fish or chicken, something light. Really, really tasty. Great, great, uh, great offering from Frame. I know when I was in, I was in Oregon recently, um, and Frame is a big brand up in the Pacific Northwest and in Oregon. Uh, I'm gonna look up real quick where they're from because I want to know more about this brewery. I've heard only great things from them, so let me just do a quick search before we go off the air here. Now, joining later, I noticed, did someone have a rare barrel tonight? That'd be me. Hey, how was it? Delicious. Ras okay. Pork, jammy, raspberry, uh, a little bit of chocolate. Nice. Very good. I've got so, the uh, Map of the Sun, and I've got the uh, more mango, so I'm looking forward to those. Nice. So it is Hood River, Oregon. River. I'm going to see if this one will even come up on that. Oh, let's see here. Lander's Red. There you go. Boom. Red Creek. Brewing Creek. I don't see this particular one, so maybe I'm really lucky that I found one of these. Um, I see the regular Oud Creek, the Oud Brewing Creek. I don't see the barrel weights. Oh, they're all barrel weights, so I guess it's the Oud Creek. Let me just look that up. Yep, 5.6%, 6 IBUs, no hop characteristics whatsoever. 12 minutes ago. Cherry pie, juicy, nutty, tangy. Uh, oh, malt, Dambrinus, Canadian Pilsner, Wireman Wheat, Stodds Hops, Czech Stodds, Bread, Lactic Bacterial Culture, Bing, Royal, and Cherries, 
from Idiot's Grace in Mosier and Age in Prince. Food Creek is mating by adding lush, juicy cherries grown right up the road to our year-old Lambic-inspired ale and letting them get to know each other for another 10 months. Judging from the aromas of fruity nuttiness and bright flavors of cherry pie and berries with a dry, tangy finish, they're a perfect match. Perfect. Tequila. And it's cherry pie in a glass. Or maybe a little bit lighter. Very nice. So, that about does it for us. Uh, you know, uh, we had a couple more uh, beer nuts lined up. Some things happened. <laughs> oh, people, I thought people, people weren't into sours. I was like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> appreciate you coming in, Michael, uh, and helping us out and enjoying no, it. cool. Yeah. Uh, Let me break out some of those sours that I've had that I keep, air quote, aging, and I never open them, but now that was a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be bringing some to Roper Lake later this uh, in this fall. <clears throat> Michael and I are in the same homebrew club, and it's going to be a event out at a lake where we rented cabins and stuff, and my whole family's going out, and a bunch of people from the brew club, and Gonna bring the dog and everything, so not yes. even coke is gonna stop us on that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll share that. with each other. Right. Yeah, All just right. uh, so, I wanted so to. My man friend wants to pop in and say hi because he's been oh. listening to this entire thing. Oh everyone, that's Mike. Hey, everyone, that's it. It's been fun listening. I only <laughs> know that. So. All right. But he's been listening right. the entire time. So. Good. So before we. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Megan, I think you listened to a couple episodes just to kind of get the feel, but we always end the show by going to Mexico City. Um, so we're going to do that shortly. But before we do that, I'd just like to maybe pick your brain or maybe even any of you other guys can uh, chime in on uh, probably Cantillon is probably known as the, the most uh, coveted world-class uh, sour brewing. Anybody have any experience or any uh can you shine sure. some light on uh, how good those are? It's a shame we didn't have one for the... I do. I have one here. I didn't open it. I've been to Cantillon. So I was in Belgium uh, oh, two years perfect. ago. And so Cantillon, of course, is in like the worst part of the neighborhood. So when you go visit the brewery, they have a sign that says, don't leave anything valuable in your car because you'll, you'll it'll be gone. And so it's definitely in this like kind of seedy area construction, you know, like most breweries are in like these weird roll-ups. So the same thing, uh, they only brew once a year during... Uh, during the cooler season, but uh, a, a lot of them are really good. Uh, some of them are average, but I think recently they had uh, something that went bad with a bunch of bottles. I think I saw in the news a while back, but uh, they, they are fantastic. Uh, they're hard to get, but they're becoming more available. So I think a lot of places are seeing them more often. I think I've seen them definitely in San Diego. I picked up a couple of bottles there and, uh, I'm sure wherever other folks are. Well, John, if you remember back at Beer Nuts 100 at Doug's house, we uh, we shared a uh, was a fufun, fufun, the apricot one, blend of lamb, oh, yeah. lamb that Andrea got us. Sure do. That was a good, very good one. Uh, I've, it seems like anytime you know, uh, like you mentioned, the anytime it's on the shelf, it goes quick. So it's hard to to scoop them up, but uh, definitely a, a great. You know, Cantillon's one to always look out for, so for sure. I would say that they never hit the shelf. <laughs> that could be it too, right? Yeah. Um, I can remember. Yeah, you usually have to be in a club. You usually have to be like in a group. So the only way I got them in San Diego was I was in uh, a month beer of the month group. And so they'd send like an email like, hey, we got like three bottles. And they would go like pretty quick. So that's usually how you had to get in on them. But yes. Yeah. Oh, um, 
Greg, Chris Cook used to uh, occasionally get a, a small allotment, and I, I was fortunate on one or two occasions to be in the store when they just arrived. But you know, within an hour of those types of beers arriving, they, they vaporized. Um, he, he got to the point. Yeah, he got to the point with any of those. Now he never was announcing that they were, you know, in the store. It just if you just happened to be in the store when they were there, you lucked out. So, but. Uh, Oh. Uh, speaking of Chris Cook, why don't you fill us in? I think Merchants is either closing or has closed. Our favorite, one of our favorite all-time beer stores in Dearborn, where Greg lives, that yeah, I yeah. frequently Not, when I live in Michigan. Uh, I think in the next two to three weeks, it's going to be officially done. They've been slowly, you know, getting rid of their inventory. I don't think they've been taking in much. Um, I did go in there a few weeks ago, talk to Chris, and he has a new adventure lined up. Uh, I believe he's going to be. Uh, getting out of the business of beer, uh, but onto like a restaurant type place. Um, I think down to Melvindale, I think what he said, but he's, he was looking forward to that, but yeah, I mean, it's sad that merchants is uh, closing up. It's been an icon in the community for, you know, quite a few decades now. And um, just, I guess the owners just had enough and they were uh, ready to retire and that's it. So we'll see what happens with the, hopefully somebody picks it up, but as of right now, it doesn't look like it, but, uh, yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's sad to hear that it's going, but, uh, you know, all good things must come to an end and yeah. And for Chris, I wish him the best. Every new end has a new beginning. So good luck Absolutely. to him. Great guy that, uh, that I enjoyed, uh, always enjoyed my time in the store. I usually stop to I to pick something up and instead of a five or 10 minute visit, it turned into a half hour because, uh, we talk a lot of good beer stories, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good person. Real good person. All right, everybody. Well, that about wraps up this episode, Sours. Uh, again, thanks for joining us, Megan. We hope you'll join us for future episodes. Thanks we'll so much for having advice. me. Michael, same thing to you. Thanks for popping of in course. again. You're always welcome. Anytime you have the free time, yeah, uh, have you on. Uh, and uh, I'll certainly be seeing you down in Sonoida or, uh, frequently. <laughs> Which one of the few places I can go have a beverage? <laughs> so, uh, thanks everybody. We'll look forward to the next episode. And until then, as they say in old Mexico City, AMF. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.